Well, what's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horde, and this is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time. Of course, we're talking about the National Wrestling Alliance that represented heavily today on UWN's Primetime Live, and this is the UWN Primetime Live post show. We're going to be talking to you about everything you just saw or you missed and you want to catch up, that's what we're here to do. And I am joined, as always, by my life partners, the Dr. Robert Stinson. Hello, Doc. What's up, man? All right, <laughs> just played it cool. I like that. Okay. And then, of course, as always, the dreamboat, Will Martin. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Oh, man. Guys, we've got a lot, of, we've got a lot to talk about. And, uh, and I'm sure we're eventually going to get to it. I still want to like kind of walk through the show, but just know out there that the that the kingdom of Mongrovia weeps on this eve, but a nation celebrates at the same time. I mean, if you were looking, I mean, the real battle tonight. There were a lot. There was lots of talk about what a real what what kind of debate, what kind of discussion was going on. Of course, the debate I'm referring to is Aaron Stevens or Trevor Murdoch. We got an answer tonight. Now, there were other debates on, by the way, and some of you may have watched it and felt hopeless. Like, what's going to happen with our country? Well, guess what? Trevor Murdoch is your national champion, and America is saved. So, I'm sorry uh, for Doc Stinson, who's decked out at his third-degree uh, Mongrovian karate gi, but... uh you know, anyway, we'll get to that, though. I don't want to rub it in on the poor doc right now. Uh, guys, just let, let's start right off the top. Uh, what's, your, what's your overall thoughts here uh, of the show? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Where were you, where were you guys at? Uh, I was um, very much thumbs in the middle. Uh, it's hard to give a thumbs up to anything after last week. Um, just that, that women's world's title match. I, it just, it set the bar really high and, um, you know, it was a good show. And I think, you know, if you had, if, if you had reordered the shows and maybe this was the first show or something like that, it would have been great. But, you know, last week was just such a wild ride. Um, I knew it, I knew it wasn't gonna really stack up to that, but overall, uh, I thought it was a good show. I mean, no. You know, nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, you know, we didn't have glitches or anything, obviously, again. So that was great. But, um, you know, it, it, it was a good wrestling show. But again, last week was just in over the top. Uh, there were parts of this show like last week that I give a resounding thumbs up to. And then there are other parts that I was a little more indifferent. I'm not going to be as critical uh, <laughs> or outspoken in our criticism because, uh, uh, you know, I. I don't want to get uh, scolded by gentleman uh, Jervis Cottonbelly <laughs> again in his gentlemanly way like he did, but uh, uh, there were some parts that really don't that didn't set well with me as a as a prize fight uh, wrestling fan. But there were other parts of the show that were just sublime, man. I mean, I, and I know we're going to get into all that. Um, so I, overall, I, it was a positive show. I did. I, I noticed on my end, I did notice a lot of sound issues. Uh, I don't know if that came across to y'all. I noticed like uh, 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 a lot of times when the announce the announce team would cut out, you could hear them kind of talking in the studio. And then um, I noticed there were times when Mae Valentine was interviewing uh, that her sound was out, especially the first interview with Allison Kay. Uh, she came on, you couldn't really hear her. But other than that, I mean, 
the the stream was great and uh you know i mean it was it was um it, it was uh there were there were positives and negatives to the show yeah um i don't think i noticed like many sound issues i will say like i mean the first uh introduction of may valentine backstage i definitely did hear it there with allison k i think at the very beginning of that but otherwise i don't think uh um you know i, I heard anything necessarily that stood out um Michael Leonard saying it was probably that backwoods Georgia internet. But, uh, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's 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 take it easy on Rob up top here because Rob's got plenty to answer for as we go on in the show. But uh, fellas, if you if you fella if you're if you're ready, I say we just dive into this thing and talk about it and uh, run down the card here. So this is the uh, third United Wrestling Network's Prime Time Live, and uh, it of course was uh, at the commentators' table. We had Todd Kennelly and Alyssa Marino, and this time joined by Blake Bulletproof Troop, uh, who uh, sat with them the entire show. So uh, I don't know if there's going to be like a rotating third man, if that's the thing they're going to be doing. But uh, I, I, I still have to say uh, that I, I was all on board just up top with Alyssa Marino and Todd Kennelly again. Like they, they win me over every week. I, I really like the two of them on commentary and not just cause they put us over either. Oh yeah. I mean, there was uh, again, uh, same, same things that, that I've mentioned the past couple of weeks, but there was just so much context given, um, by the two of them for, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, the UWN guys that I wasn't super familiar with and the ladies as well, um, that really helped me buy into the match even more. Um, even though it was my first time seeing them. So, uh, that, that is an invaluable part of commentary in my opinion. And they once again, knocked that out of the park. Yeah. I think a, a big part of commentating is building narrative and, and providing context. Like you guys said, so they would throw in these little tidbits of information like, you know, someone being a 20-year veteran or someone being a former Super 8 tournament winner or uh, the longest reigning Shimmer champion ever. Just little things like that add so much flavor and so much importance to this. They're a great commentary team, man. No, no joke. Um, uh, so I, they're, they're one of the real bright spots of, the, of all of UWN so far. And if you stuck around long enough, they had live mics uh, after the show went off the air. You man, I was there listening. Somebody's headset. Like, we about to get here, man. <laughs> I had to hear it all before I jumped on. I ain't going to lie. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not above hearing some gossip. So I, I, uh, I left Tandy it also like, like, hey, like, and I was like, hell no. The mics were still on. Luckily, I mean, for them, I don't know. Todd, Todd Kittley, for all I know, uh, could be a huge dick, but he uh, sounded like the nicest person in the world with the mic was all just like, great job, everybody. I think we did excellent. And Alyssa sounded very professional. And it uh, turns out they're uh, actually having a nice working relationship, it seems like, and not just like uh, like an anchorman situation or something as soon as the camera turns off. But uh, anyway, uh, I do love I, 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 the one thing I noted about him this time was Alyssa just doing the I talked to them before the match backstage. You know, I just love that aspect of it. They treat it very seriously as it should be. And uh, that's what I think we love about wrestling and what we want them to do. Like, let's treat this like an actual contest. And I think both of them do a great job at that. Todd Kittley actually adding this new flavor. And maybe you guys have heard this before, but uh, I have not. I mean, it's obviously an MMA 
they talk a lot about the fighters training camps that they go to. And Todd was referring to like even the schools, like the wrestling schools, like when uh, Ruby Rays, I think was out there and uh, they're talking about she works for, uh, uh, I it just slipped my mind, but uh, wherever it was like her, her camp or whatever. I thought that was, that was kind of neat. All right. Uh, Santino brothers, by the way, sorry, it was going to drive me crazy if I could not remember that. All right, but uh, up top, we started off with uh, the Real Buddy Brothers and SoCal Distancing. Uh, well, actually, we opened up with the cool the cool like little openings again, and I hope they do this every week. Maybe they were listening to us. Uh, but yeah, uh, Real Buddy Brothers, SoCal Distancing, Nicole Savoy, Chris Dickinson. Uh, not just the Dirty Daddy this week, the Filthy Father also. Maybe he said that before, but that was new to me. Uh, Aaron Stevens and Trevor Murdoch, so I was... I was pumped the second I heard Aaron and Trevor talk. I, I, that was this was a one match show for me essentially because I didn't know a lot of people. I wanted to see Allison K make her return, and I wanted to see Trevor and Aaron. I didn't think about the debates before this week, so I assume that they did. So hopefully, however it did or didn't do tonight, they don't. You know, they have to be aware, I guess. All right, I swear to God, I'm talking about the show now. Uh, Repo Rick leads out the real Buddy Brothers. Uh, which big money clutch and R&B Shug versus SoCal Distancing, Adrian Quest and Uptown Andy Brown. I thought it was a good opener. A lot of athleticism. Uh, I was happy to see R&B like be more rough and tumble, like what we were kind of hoping for last week. It's the first time we've seen people like back to back weeks, I think, and uh, except to like Chris Dickinson appearing backstage or something. Um, but yeah, man, they. I, I just love R&B as a team. Like, I think they've got, like, some cool moves, like that fl- uh, elevation into a flat liner that they do. And uh, they got, like, the 40-ounce bounce and the COD, the concussion on delivery. Like, that's that's cool tag team stuff. I, I dig that. Uh, but, unfortunately, it wasn't enough. Uh, formerly Static, uh, now known as SoCal Uncensored, gets the win. Adrian Quest hits the Phoenix Splash for the 1-2-3. Uh, retaining the Heritage Tag Team Championships. What do you guys think about this match, Will? Yeah, so you're 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 right, man. Solid tag team opener. I uh, love love a good tag match. Uh, definitely more of what we wanted to see from them. Uh, the Real Money Brothers that we didn't really get to see in full effect last week, and uh, just much more of a of a of a technical, you know, kind of brawl uh, tag team match. Um, a lot of those spots were really cool. Um, my one pet peeve, and this might be really nitpicky of me, and I promise I'm not going to be like this all night, but uh, when, and I think it was at the very end, that Phoenix splash, um, you could see uh, the guy on the floor getting into position very obviously. And uh, so that was the only downside to me. And that, that kind of goes back to what Rob talks about a lot about just the authenticity and the realism in the ring. And when you see a guy uh, getting in position and I, I get it, I respect that. I know they do that for, for safety. And, and so things happen, but uh, it took me out of it a little bit in the finish. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great hard hitting match. Rob. Yeah, uh, everything that Will said. Uh, uh, I have been intrigued by SoCal distancing. What did you call them earlier? Just a second ago, Gary. I don't know. That's what I was wondering. I see in the chats the front row is correcting us that it's their SoCal distancing. I thought You're that's what like I called SoCal uh, <laughs> enforcement or something <laughs> like that. I, don't, I was like, what's going on? Oh, 
Well, there, there used to be, I, I mean, I said static. There were the teams static before they just broke you up, said right? Something after that, though. You said, like, SoCal. But that's neither here nor there. This was a team that used to have among its ranks uh, Ray Rusas, who is now the Heritage Champion. He earned that belt from uh, Watts just a couple of weeks ago on uh, on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. What is that? Oh, so yeah, you call it SoCal Uncensored. That's, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. Well, that's a that's an honest mistake. Come on. I'm just, I'm, yeah. Hey, hey, man, hey. I mean, when you're when you're as much as a, of an AEW mark as Gary is, that's going to happen. Right, right. You know it's not that. <laughs> no, nah, man. I thought it was a pretty good match. I I kind of like uh, 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 the Real Money Brothers. I like them. Um, they got kind of a uh, they got sort of an Eddie Kingston vibe to them. I don't know if that's just me. You feel that, Will? Um, yep. I, I uh, so I'm I'm hoping big for things for them. Uh, but you know, that that I mean. The SoCal distancing team, man, they're 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 well oiled. They function like a tag team. They look like they know each other really well. And um, I, I thought it was a pretty good match. Well, I'm glad you liked it, Rob. <laughs> We're here for you, buddy. <laughs> Just try to, you know, why not start off awkward? Uh, next up, we get a Trevor Murdoch interview. Uh, just pretty straightforward. I, I want to apologize up front to all the people working backstage. I missed every single name of every interviewer backstage that wasn't May Valentine. Clint so, Armstrong. Clint Armstrong. What was it? Clint Armstrong. Okay. I think that's well, he had a had Trevor Murdoch up there and uh, basically asking the strategy, which by the way, is always, I feel like the worst question to ask. No offense. I'm sure that, that he was just doing this job, but uh, like Trevor Murdoch's going to say like, well, I fully intend to like, you know, try to take him down early, get him on the ground. I'm going to work his leg a little bit. And then, you know, like just lay out the entire game plan instead though, Trevor Murdoch's above all that. He just says, I'm going to do the same thing I do every time. I'm going to step in, kick ass, move on. And, uh, and I just, God dang it, I love Trevor Murdoch. Just always have, ever since he's shown back up in, in NWA. He's just the best. Just a big old teddy bear. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, you get me Trevor Murdoch and Hammerstalled in a, in a ring together. I'm just going to You are marking out for Trevor Murdoch more than I have ever in my life marked out for Nick Aldis. That is not. I have never thought of Dawson a teddy bear, although he is. He is. (laughs) 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 You are marking out right now, boy. (laughs) Whatever. I'm just saying. Love me some Trevor. Um, All right, let's talk about the 86er Remy Marcel versus the Greek god Papadon. Uh, this uh, match I'd never heard of either one of these guys, so these, these were they were both new to me. And uh, the uh, shoulder holster while wrestling was a unique look for me. <laughs> that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so shoulder holster versus the self-proclaimed greatest wrestler alive. I believe that is what Alyssa said about him. Uh, for me, it was a great change of pace. Just like last week. I mean, it's like it's like these guys over here. Have, put on a wrestling card before. So they got you with the tag team match and then they go like a little change in the, you know, first match had the more athletic stuff. And this was more technical wrestling. Uh, I, I Doug Papa died. Uh, he seemed to have some, some great stuff. I, I liked his like, he had like a snap float over suplex that I really thought was cool. And uh, of course that big pile driver that he dropped at the end. Uh, so nothing's off limits in UWN, I guess. And, uh, 
And I loved, uh, oh, I did also note that Alyssa here made uh, the reference that she, maybe maybe I'm also marking out for Alyssa, uh, that she said, uh, Papadon left him in ruins like the Parthenon. And I was like, wow, that is, that is something. I appreciate that. Uh, so needless to say, winner, Greek god Papadon. Uh, Rob, what what do you think of these guys? Man, uh, freaking physical match right here. One, I, I got a few notes, if I may, if you will uh, indulge me here. I, I, I noticed that uh, they first of all they call them GGP, which I thought was uh, I don't know. I just like uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I guess. Okay. Um, okay. Well, winner. They provide lots of context again, like the commentators ought to. Uh, we learned that he uh, he is a 20-year veteran, and we learned that he is – well, we see that he's very, very vocal in the ring. I mean, he's talking to uh, Remy Marcel like he's trash. I mean, how dare you desecrate my sport? Calls him sunshine multiple times. Um, he There's the mention at the end of In God I Trust, uh, I guess a reference to himself and all that. Uh, but uh, then the comments, the commentary and insight we have on Remy Marcel, who is they kept going on and on about being a changed man. He's now the 86 or which they tells tell us, you know, out in the desert. It means you drive eight miles out of town and bury them six feet below the ground. And he's the 86. And you can see with the holster and the whole gang motif he was playing um, and that he changed his persona. You know What's that? How do you know he was playing? I don't know he was playing. I mean, uh, evidently, we learned that uh, when he was in China, and he le- he saw the darker side of the sport that he uh, that he uh, embraced that eighty sixer persona and all that. So, uh, what really sold this match for me at the end, and I love seeing big guys uh, fight because I just think it's believable. Like Will says, I mean, a big guy going in there and pulverizing somebody. That clothesline at the end that spent Remy Marceau around like about eight times. And then just a devastating pile driver. Um, again, I thought the same thing. Evidently, this is legal here. <laughs> you know, um, wow, what a powerful, emphatic ending! And this is a guy who is going to be a force just just because he's big and powerful. You know, and obviously he's very vocal in that. Uh, when when you've got that ability and you can talk and all that kind of stuff, then you're you're you've got the makings of putting the full package together. So, I got to tell you, I you know, in the service industry. Uh, 86 is like you're out of something like we're 86 French fries or something like that, you know? Uh, so I'd always heard that term. So I, when they, when he, when he gave the educational where 86 came from, I was not aware of that. And now I also wonder if that's in like restaurants as well. Is that, is that why it's called 86 is because of murdering people in Las Vegas. I have never known that. It's just always the thing I've said. So anyway, will, <laughs> Yes, Gary, it's the same as French fries. Um, I thought this was a great match. Um, I like Rob, I am I'm a big fan of uh just two heavyweights going at it and uh was believable. Um the the trash talking I like. Um but it, I, I I probably could have done with like 75% of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that's just me being nitpicky again. I was thoroughly impressed with them. Didn't love the shoulder holster gimmick, but that is not something that impedes my ability to uh, enjoy and recognize the fact that this was a great wrestling match. And these two guys are both uh, incredible wrestlers. 
Um, I definitely want to see more of both of them. Um, and yeah, I, th- I thought it was excellent. It was a great match. Yeah, I um, you know, the thing with the the talking and stuff, I I I think that my thought was everybody's like amping it up a little bit. They're like turning it up to eleven when they talk and that sort of thing, um, because they've got to be louder since there's no crowd or something like that. But I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe so. Maybe Papa Don's just naturally loud, and so he thought he had to even amp it up even more. Yeah, yeah. it's two angry two angry guys that that hate each other. It's believable. Um, that they would be yelling at each other like that. I mean, if they were, if they were uh, meeting each other in the back alley behind a bar and uh, were going at it, they'd probably be yelling at each other too. So I like it. I think it's, I think it's believable. It's authentic. It adds, uh, especially to the empty arena, like you mentioned, it just gives a little more depth and, and doesn't make it feel like two guys fighting in a quiet room. So I, I think it's a nice touch. Um, I, I think the vocalization too is kind of a feature of um, of the empty arena style. You know, when you we, when silence is deadly in the empty arena. So uh, if you don't have a lot of racket in the ring and the percussion from the from the ring and the ropes and that kind of thing, the mat, then you're going to have to add some vocalization. So that's probably where a lot of that comes from. But and you see this with 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 personalities that we don't typically think of being very vocal in the ring, like last week when we saw Priscilla Kelly and Thunder Rosa wrestle. Thunder Rosa is usually our business, but she was very vocal as well. Um, but I, I, I'm with Will, actually. I mean, I thought the vocalization was great, but I could have done with probably 25% less. I don't like the calling calling him Sunshine. I thought that was kind of a little bit meaning for a guy who's a credible performer. But, it, you know, it's just part of it. This may be a nitpicky, too. So. Maybe he really likes Sunshine, Rob. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, Sunshine's yeah. a good thing. For most people, not Rob. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Chris Dickinson, yeah. you want to talk about weird, uh, weird things? <laughs> like, if you think liking sunshine is weird, Chris Dickinson, he's the guy right. who learns to love the taste of shit. And uh, so, he did say his he got free. He got like a free pass on using the word shit. I think uh, <laughs> Chris Dickinson, just like I have apparently, um, but. Uh, he cuts a pretty solid promo. I mean, again, I never know where to land with this guy because he's very much coming across as like obnoxious. Like you, you kind of want to see like I, he rubs me the wrong way in all the right ways. If that makes sense, I think one of our people at Discord said that that uh, will stop me like that. Um, I mean, I'm just saying his he. You know. I think he grates my nerves, but he's supposed to grate my nerves. But also he's talking about things that like, well, we entered a feud with Gentleman Jervis last week. So he's also in a feud with Gentleman Jervis, apparently, or at least talking a lot of trash about Gentleman Jervis. So uh, he talks about wanting pro wrestling and competition. So it's like not a very heelish thing. Like he seems like he just wants to fight and wants to win and uh, that sort of thing. He's not necessarily doing anything heelish in the ring, I guess, is, is what I'm thinking, except just being super aggressive. Uh, all that out of the way, uh, he's given this whole talk, and uh, the Neon Phenomenon uh, comes out. This is uh, Anthony Idol, and uh, he says that, you know, you could try to just drag yourself down to basics, essentially, but I'm not going to be just playing all weak toast. I'm out here. I'm flashy, too, but I can get it done in the ring. And they talk a bunch of trash, and they decide they want to head out and Hash it out right now. So they do. 
Uh, and it's a good match. It's a solid big man match, uh, kind of a hoss fight feel. And, uh, of course, with Dickinson ending up getting the win, he's, he's like very much vibing the ultimate warrior when he comes out. I feel like, like he's got that music that, that like fast paced music. And then he's got kind of this aggressive the way he breathes and kind of handles himself. Not as insane as the ultimate warrior, but maybe you get what I'm saying. Anyway, Dickinson Valley driver gets the one, two, three, uh, not short work of idol, but short enough work of idol that Dickinson still looks pretty dominant. And, uh, Yelling in the camera to Corgan and Marquez. This ain't it. This ain't the competition I'm talking about. Will, what do you what do you what are you feeling about the filthy father? Uh I thought it was great. I, I'm kinda like you. I, I I teeter the line of of loving him and hating him, uh, because some of the stuff he says I can really get behind. Um but you know, I think where this is going, and we've speculated about this, but you know, he's kind of moving through uh, these different guys. Um, and I think eventually, inevitably, hopefully, and maybe, uh, he's going to end up saying those things to someone like a Nick Aldis. And then that's going to rub us the wrong way because he has no right to say that to a Nick Aldis. And uh, that's when he's going to be full heel. Um, and that's that's where all this will kind of manifest and crescendo into uh, perhaps a, a world's title match or a feud of some sort um, like that. So that that's where my mind's at. So, you know, I'm not, that's a I'm good not, thought. I could even see it with like a Trevor that, that same way. We're yeah. Ready. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're kind of at the ground floor right now and we're seeing kind of entry level Chris Dickinson. And I think it's going to evolve and I think they're doing a good job of telling the story. Um, yeah, I mean, he, you know, we have this, like this sort of Eddie Kingston metric that we measure people by when they're talking and they express their anger and their, their struggle, you know, and he's very believable. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think, I think he's a long way from being in a conversation with Nick Aldis. Um, I mean, he's not Mike Bennett. He's not, uh, you know, he's not that person yet. And just because you woke up one day and think you're a bad man doesn't make you one. And anybody can go, heck, I can go out there and huff and puff and, and yell and holler and that doesn't make me, you know, suitable to or beating the neon phenomenon doesn't make me qualified to challenge Nick Aldis for the championship yet. Uh and you know, ultimately I think that's what he's gunning for, but I think there there are other steps to 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 climb before we get to that point and and a Trevor Murdoch might be one. Of course, now Trevor Murdoch his next sights are not going to be on a Chris Dickinson. It's going to be on Nick Aldis. You know, trust me. Believe me, he's the number one contender now. Um, and so that that's where he's aiming. So I think Chris Dickinson has got some, you know, he talked about eating shit for so long that he started like like the taste of it. Well, he's going to have to do that for a little bit longer uh, before he gets to be in that conversation. Because uh, just because you come out there and, and have a couple of showings and are physical – uh, doesn't make you a world title contender. And this is no shade on him. He is physical and he looks good and he seems like he means business, but he's not ready to get in, 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 a, in a Rolls Royce yet, which is what Nick Aldis is. And, and he's not ready to handle that. So we got some time before that, but there you go. Yeah, he definitely seems like he wants to be tested, but yeah, for sure that that's, that's coming eventually. So yeah, there's, there's potential here. And, and obviously they see something in him. I think we said this last week uh, that he, Think, well, he's going to be back again next week. So he's been on, I think he's been on every single one of these so far. So, and he's going to yeah, get it's, it's definitely, alive. 
it's definitely obvious that he is a central part of Primetime Live. I mean, he's the only uh, he's the only character that's been there every week with the same gimmick. And do, you, do y'all get a sense? Uh, do you feel like they're? I don't want to get into like writing and all that because I, you know, then you get into like kayfabe stuff like that, and I, I just want to be a fan, you know. But uh, but do you get a sense that like they're trying to? to maybe build up between something between uh build up something between he and Jervis Cottonbelly. Uh the fact that he keeps that he seems to be kind of preoccupied with him. Yeah, I definitely do. I think that match is a hundred percent gonna happen. I mean, I, I would assume so, because yeah, that's definitely like the focal point of his of his rage right now. It feels like that's his, his go-to example of the crap he doesn't like basically is Jervis Cotton. He calls out three people by name and that's it. And that's Jervis, David Marquez and Billy Corgan. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he ain't ready for David Marquez in the ring son. I can tell you that. So so especially, and especially I've heard that you only get David Marquez and Billy Corgan at the same time. It's handicapped every time. So anyway, uh, the queen of suplexes, Nicole Savoy oh. makes her UWN primetime debut against another lady making her primetime debut, Allison K. And uh, as uh, Savoy, I, I'm not familiar with Savoy. This is apparently the second or third time, I'm sorry, that they've faced each other. They've got one win on each other. I think they fought at Bloodsport, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so uh, the. Uh, well, well, actually, this. I, I was going to say I was really happy to get our one of our returning ladies for the first time uh, in Allison K, but technically two here because we get to see May Valentine is now a backstage uh, interviewer, and so it's nice to see lovely May Valentine back. Welcome back, May, and she is just talking to the screen, but Allison K wants an interview. It's a very awkward situation at first. Like Alice May says, like, uh, no, you can't talk, and. Uh, and I, and I give them props here because she says you can't talk, and Allison's like, "Why?" And she says, "Because they say you can't talk." And uh, then they start fighting over the microphone. And anyway, Allison works her way out to the ring. As they're working their way out, Todd Kelly lets us in on a little bit that there's apparently a uh, order been put into place that Allison K does not get the live mic. Uh, and it's funny she she's been saying that on Twitter, like you know, like what are y'all going to do when I get a live mic or something like that? Because she's talked so much trash about Thunder Rosa. And uh, apparently that's exactly why they don't want her having a live mic. So nice little side ankle thing going on there. But uh good match between these two ladies. It, it, I, I put this on Twitter, but I didn't realize how much I missed Allison K. But seeing her again just soothes my soul. I love watching her wrestle. Uh, she's fantastic in the ring. And uh, this, this match was just really good technical wrestling between the two ladies going and Allison working that leg, uh, which would play in later on in the match uh just like allison just looking dominant and vicious and uh this is where they first talk about the training camps that nicole savoy goes to and allison uh the allison's had all the time in the training camp and nicole just took this match last second because it was originally supposed to be serena deep uh anyway they uh end up with the uh leg injury coming into effect when allison goes for a bridge and nicole just can't kick out allison gets the one two three and Wasting no time looking right into that hard cam and uh, calling out Thunder Rosa from the ring, saying, uh, don't think I'm not coming for your ass. And uh, so that feud is still alive and well. 
Uh, Rob, what'd you, what'd you think about seeing Allison K back and Nicole Savoy and the whole deal? I love Allison K like you guys do. Uh, I think she's one of the key uh, ingredients in the NWA recipe uh, of success. I love her, man. She, she's important. She's critical. She is a former world's champion. Um, she wants that belt back again, obviously. And I like seeing, I love seeing, it, it makes me feel like power again when we see the, the refer, you know, the, the acknowledgement of Thunder Rosa and her calling Thunder Rosa out at the end. Cause we, I think we all would just kill to see that match again. Now, all these opponents that Thunder Rosa is wrestling, great opponents, man. Priscilla Kelly, Lindsay Snow, Miranda Gordy. We all want to see Camille. We all want to see Allison Kay. I mean, this, this is a main event in anybody's book. I have become a fan of uh, Nicole Savoy. Uh, I've, I've read about her. I've never seen her in action before personally. But, you know, she she held that Shimmer Championship, one of the most coveted women's titles for the longest time of any person to ever live since the foundations of the world now. I mean, that she's held it longer than anybody. Just to put it in perspective, today is the 711th day of the very historic reign of Nick Aldis. 711 days. That doesn't have, it's only happened eight times in history, guys. Well, Nicole Savoy held that belt for 721 days before losing it. 17 successful title defenses. I think one of them might have been Priscilla Kelly um, in that list. I, I know there was a four way match. I don't really like four way matches with titles on the line, but, um, but anyway. Uh, and then you see that Savoy has a very technical style. She's skilled in jujitsu. She's called the queen of suplexes. This is a woman who knows her stuff. She seemed to be actually, um, uh, I think, you know, Allison Kay was a little more powerful and, uh, and might, might be a little more fluid. But from a technical standpoint, it seemed like Nicole Savoy was bringing it, man. And um, I like this match. I mean, I'm not going to say it was the, my favorite match of the night, but it was very insightful. I'm a fan of Nicole Savoy. Now I'm going to follow her and I look to see more of her in the future. But what I really want to see is I want to see, I want to see a Thunder Rosa and, and Allison Kay hook up again after, after, you know, with the gag order and all this stuff, man, this is brewing up to be something special. Yeah. They finally get like the rematch with some real heat behind it. Uh, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, but Will, what were you thinking about this one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the whole time I'm, I'm thinking about Allison K versus Thunder Rosa because that's what's planted in our minds and that's the, the narrative that they're telling. Um, I thought the, the pre-match interview was a little weird. I didn't really know what was going on at first. And then they did a commentary again. Props to commentary did a great job of explaining it and kind of tying a bow on it. And I was like, oh, okay, that, I get that now. Now I see that. <clears throat> um, only thing that could have maybe made that better is if they had, set it up on commentary and they said, Hey, this Allison K is backstage trying to, to, to talk. Let's, let's cut back there or something like that. Um, but you know, again, they, they kind of smoothed it over and it wasn't really an issue, but, um, the match as a whole, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm as big of a fan as Nicole Savoy as Rob has become. Um, but that comment that you mentioned about the shimmer title, put her over in my mind, just that comment, just because I know the prestige behind that. And just because I haven't followed it closely and was not aware of her or her history uh, with that promotion, knowing just them dropping that comment instantly gave her credibility for me as a wrestling fan. Um, so I thought that was great. 
Um, it instantly made me buy into the match a little more and see her as, you know, a credible opponent for someone as, as amazing as Allison Kay. Um, and, you know, again, the, the big story here is, is where we're headed. When are we going to see, uh, AK and Thunder Rosa? Um, that's, that's what we all want to see. And you gotta, you gotta know and believe it's going to happen or they wouldn't be putting this much, uh, emphasis on it. So now it's just a question of when. Uh, yeah. Let me piggyback on on uh, Will there for a second, too, about that shimmer belt. And I know Brian Rose is in the chat, a uh, friend of the show, and he might have some insight into this. But when you think of that shimmer championship, it's up there. I mean, you think of the, 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 the prize fight women's titles that really mean something. Obviously, you've got the NWA belt, the Burke, which is the most important, the AEW title that Hikaru Shida holds. And then you've got the princess title and the shimmer title. To me, those are like – that's like – the fab four of, of women's championships, you know, and, and, uh, for, 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 uh, big fans of prize fighting. So, uh, you know, I mean, Nicole Savoy is a real deal, man. And hopefully we'll see more of her. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know that either. And that is really interesting. I liked like her look and her style of wrestling and everything. Like, I mean, I was, I was into it and, uh, and 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 for what it's worth, I think this is you know I'm not 100 percent sure on Nicole, but um, I know with like Allison, I don't think I've seen her hat take any other matches since the pandemic began up until this one. So they're they're dealing with the just coming back and getting used. To, not that they're not you know practicing, obviously. And Allison K does a lot of uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and that sort of thing. So I mean. They're not dealing with complete rust, but they're, you know, they're still coming back into the wrestling ring for the first time after a long time away. Contrast that with with Thunder Rosa, who we've put over every show somehow. Uh, but you want to talk about not only is she out there fighting every week, but you want to talk about strength of schedule. I mean, geez, you know, like it's not just like pushovers that she's going up against. Rob mentioned that already, just the the, the amount of challengers. But yeah, Allison Kay definitely has been a great feud, but now they've had some time to build on it, I think. So getting those two back in the ring could be magic. Uh, not that it hasn't already been. Uh, one thing I loved here too, is that they, well, first of all, they throw back to May Valentine with uh, Aaron Stevens in the back. Uh, it was cool just to see uh, some more of our NWA uh, family or hashtag NWA fan back there, just chatting it up. And Aaron Stevens, I, I'll give him this. He cuts a hell of a promo. Like, I don't know where he finds half of the stuff that he says, but it is it is very nice. Um, the uh, next matchup is uh, surprisingly another women's matchup, which I thought was really impressive. Uh, the Australian uh, CC Chanel versus Ruby Rays, the equal opportunity ass kicker. And, uh, yeah, they 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 did a lot of more build up in this. Now I would, you know, I don't want to get in trouble here for saying anything wrong, but this might actually have been my favorite of the two women's matches. Honestly, um, if I throw it out there, I, I did. There were things in this one I liked. Uh, just there was more build up from the commentators, talk of camps, uh, the Santino brothers thing that that Ruby Rays is actually a trainer over there. Uh, but just great stuff. I mean, the story of the match is essentially that uh, Ruby's just too powerful. Uh, CeCe's having to work around that. And uh, she's just, she's a firecracker, man. She keeps coming and she she keeps beating on her, keeps fighting back, keeps bouncing back, but just can't keep her down. It's just never quite enough. And then 
eventually the power just overtakes her and uh, Ruby Reyes puts her down for the one, two, three. But I thought overall, like, it, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's just definitely, it was just a compact, by, basic, just good, solid wrestling match, I thought, between these two girls. And I'm, I'm a fan of both of them after seeing them here. I want to see what else they got. I mean, even though uh, Ruby Reyes went over and, and should, she looks just like a powerhouse and that she should be a threat. Uh, CC Chanel just had like, I loved her facial expressions and just like her attitude of the ring. So I definitely want to see more out of her as well. Uh, Will, how how did you feel about these two? I'm with you. I thought it was a great match. Ruby Rays was uh, powerful, very convincing. Uh, it was a convincing win. Um, this match was very vocal. Uh, at, at, there was one point in it where I could have dealt with a little less of the vocalization and the, the shouting and screaming and stuff. But um, I mean, I mean, it was believable. If Ruby Rays is, is pulverizing you the way that she was to CC, uh, I mean, I would have been vocalizing like that too. So at the same time, it's believable. I, I think that um, both of these, both of these women uh, put on a great match. Uh, I see somebody in the chat, Allison K versus Ruby Rays would be money. Uh, Robert Bennett in the chat. I agree with that. And that was actually a thought that I had while I was watching it. I was like, man, I kind of wish we had kind of switched these up a little bit, but you know, maybe that's something we'll get down the line, but that's just the cool thing about this, this show primetime live. We're getting introduced to a lot of, uh, of people that we haven't seen before. And there's just so much great talent out there in the wrestling world that is underexposed, untapped. Um, and this match was another example of that where I'm like, man, you know, Obviously, coming off the heels of Mission Pro, Hell Hath No Fury, uh, we saw a stacked card there where just top to bottom full of incredible women wrestlers. Um, and then we saw two matches tonight with uh, with four uh, women who deserve to have that exposure and more. Um, so I couldn't be happier for, like you said, back-to-back women's matches. Um, you know, the fact that we have to even talk about that is a problem, <laughs> that that's so abnormal for that to happen. Uh, I think it should happen a lot more. And I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great decision from booking to put those matches back to back. Um, it was just a nice, uh, a nice touch I thought. And, and those two matches there back to back was, was a bright spot in the card for me tonight. We I, I absolutely, I think, um, uh, yeah, the more women's wrestling, the better. I, I think that it's, it should be, <laughs> as essential to the show and to the storytelling as anything else should be. And a lot of times, a lot of times there's a lot more passion and athleticism there too, you know, with these women. And, and uh, I would say that we, we, we all, the three of us have known about Ruby Ray's um, and uh, are more familiar with her. I didn't know much about CC Chanel uh, in the last month. I've become a fan really in the last two weeks, I've become a fan of three women that now I'm committed to following. And one of them is CC Chanel. I love her look. I love her, um, her athleticism. I think she'd really make a remarkable heel almost like kind of a snarky, you know, overprivileged heel and that kind of thing. I think she's great. Um, I've become a big fan of Nicole Savoy after tonight. And then Rachel Rose from, uh, my queen, Rachel Rose from, uh, uh hell hath no fury, man, these three women, I'm going to be watching them with a lot of interest. Well, and your wife is going to be watching you now. A little, a little She's off. Dude, why you got to look, man? She off the bed. We, we're just amongst friends right now, man. This is a circle of trust. <laughs> circle of trust right here. What is it, though? What do you think it is that 
this is a side note here, and I, I guess this is a good place for me to say uh, that uh, if you haven't already, make sure you hit like and subscribe. We're going to try to wrap this pay-per-view up with uh, just us talking. We'll throw to the chat a little bit, uh, go into it with you guys here, so stick with us. But uh, we're going to talk about, I think right after this match, the biggest roller coaster of events, I think, for the whole pay-per-view. Uh, but the uh, what, what do you think it is? My question about women's wrestling is, like, you've got one company that I feel like was on the cusp of doing something with women's wrestling. And then uh, AEW, who they definitely suffered injuries and that sort of thing, but they've been criticized for not being able to get it together as far as that goes. And that's part of the reason like Thunder Rosa's uh, being brought in over there with Sheeta and that sort of thing. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it's for lack of available people because we've seen Mission Pro Wrestling, which was a fire show. And then like, just tonight, two back-to-back women's matches. Like, it ain't no thing. And it's not like they were doing them a favor. Like, they were two matches that absolutely deserve to be on the card and were good and solid matches. Like, I just, I don't, what, what, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the same as you, especially after the past, you know, 14 days, just all the incredible women's matches and events, uh, obviously looking at, at Hell Hath No Fury. And, and I think about AEW and we make excuses a lot of times. And I know this isn't an AEW podcast and, and this is a little off topic, but you brought it up. Um, but like we, we've had that excuse in our head. Well, they had injuries and they had this and they had that. And they were trying to bring some, some ladies over from Japan and kind of do that. And, but now from what I've been exposed to over the past 14 days, exactly like you just said, I'm like, the talent is out there. And if you, if you really, even try to go look for it and you've got the deep pockets that a Tony Khan has, your women's division should be stacked top to bottom with some of these ladies that we've been talking about for the past two or three weeks. Um, so for me, it's just either it's an afterthought, which is really unfortunate and a huge loss on their part. Um, or, you know, there's some kind of business thing that we don't listen. We've never run up a, a wrestling promotion, the three of us yet. Um, we might one day, that'd be pretty cool, but, um, you know, we don't really know all the workings and, and all the things that go on on the business side of things, especially when you got TV deals and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, uh, acting, you know, like an expert on that, but to me, it's either, you know, they're just not looking cause they don't care or there's some kind of, you know, business decision that's prohibiting them from, from pulling in all this incredible talent that. It exists and they're just sitting there waiting for the visibility and the exposure. Yeah, I think, I mean, this is kind of a question that, that I would like nerd out to because this is kind of one of my areas of specialized study when we talk about sociology and, and social dynamics and, and how slowly things move when it comes to cultural trends and that kind of thing. I think part of it is that historically it's women's wrestling was treated as either a curiosity or it was treated as uh, women were treated just as eye candy, you know, and they weren't taken seriously as athletes. And that's changed dramatically in the last decade and a half. And it's taken some time for the culture to catch up. And it will. It will catch up. And it's starting to. I mean, I think no one's going to look at Thunder Rosa or Allison Kay or, you know, uh, Hikaru Shida or Rhea Ripley and say that these aren't credible athletes. You know, I mean, uh, 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 whatever they look like. Now, I mean, just to give you an example, and I don't want to, I hope if this person's in the chat and I can't remember quite who it was, I'm not trying to, 
to make this a debate topic or anything, but we witnessed a phenomenal match last week between Priscilla Kelly and Thunder Rosa. And I was really kind of, it bummed me out that a lot of the discussion in the chat was about like Priscilla Kelly's outfit. I'm like, really? I don't freaking care, man. I'm sitting here watching with my wife and I'm seeing two women leave it all on the mat. And I think just, you know, culturally, we, 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 we st- we've got some catching up to do. But this this is where there's an opportunity for guys like Brian Rosa and Thunder Rosa, you know, who, who are going out there and pioneering a, an all-women's promotion and showcasing some of the best talent. And it's being taken seriously. Like, people are tuning in to see this. And it's, it's making ripples. And obviously, it's going to take time for the money to catch up and for, like, the, the TV deals and that kind of stuff. But it'll come. It just, you know... It's like the great apologist Francis Schaeffer said that that pop culture is about 20 years behind philosophy normally. You know, where we're at epistemologically in, in, in our in, in in society and whatnot. So it ain't a podcast uh, if Rob don't use epistemology or something. <laughs> <laughs> seeing the outworking of that, and you know, you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's like the, the, the advances that we make on an intellectual level, it takes time to trickle down to the to the culture. And to, and to feel its impact. And we're seeing that now. So I think we're really living in what's going to be. Now, you think in, in the history of wrestling, women's wrestling, the great, great women's wrestlers that have ever been from Mildred Burke, the legend herself, to Bambi, to the fabulous Moolah, to Wendy Richter, you know, to uh, Allison Kay, to, you know, all these names. And there's a, a whole host of names. For many years, this talent was, was obscured by the fact that they were a curiosity and weren't considered on the par with men's wrestling and all that, but that's changed. I don't think that, that the most of us accept that anymore. And now we're seeing that the trappings of that catch up to it. So it's just a matter of time. And, and we will see. And again, one of the things that we mentioned about mission pro was like, nobody was on an agenda. They weren't on some kind of like, you know, neo feminist agenda to, to bury men's wrestling and all this stuff. I mean, heck I helped put chairs up at the end, you know, it, no one's about that. Brian Rosa, even though this is a women's promotion, Brian Rose is very much at the heart of this. I mean, he's he's supporting his wife to accomplish this mission. They're just trying to showcase talented athletes. That's all they're trying to do. And I think anybody right. who's, a, who's a fan of good wrestling can get behind that. And we're really we're really going to. Yeah, it's yeah, just I, interesting to see the trans. Oh, go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, I, I think you know, talking about it being a curiosity, a lot of that goes back to the presentation. Um, and, and, you know, this could be a whole chicken or egg argument. Um, you know, is it presented like a curiosity or, you know, because, and then now people perceive it that way or because people perceive it that way, they present it that way. That, that's a whole debate. But I, I think a lot of it, in my opinion, has to do with the way it's been presented. And so when you look at a show like Hell Hath No Fury, it's not presented that way. It's, pre- this is presented like a wrestling show and every match just happens to be all females. And that's, you're seeing more and more of that. Um, and even in, in the mainstream promotions, WWE, AEW, you're seeing a lot more of that. Um, and hopefully because of that, some of those barriers can break down. Cause I mean, you know, guys, we're not that far removed from the WWE Divas title that was a butterfly. Like you don't really get any more like stereotypical and, and kind of, I mean, that. <laughs> They couldn't have honestly conceived that and thought this is going to be well respected, right? And and that's no shade on anyone who held that title or anything like that. I'm just saying from a 
uh, a creative and a presentation standpoint, it's been very much tongue in cheek, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, here's the divas. Um, and so I think we're finally getting away from that. But again, we're not that far removed from that at this point in time. And so it's going to take a little more time, but I'm encouraged by what we're seeing now and the things that we are, uh, the strides that we are taking um, in in women's wrestling right now. And my hope would be uh, that when my kids grow up and watch wrestling, because I'm going to make them be wrestling fans, that they're not going to be having this conversation, um, hopefully. So uh, I think we're on the right path. I think you're right, man. And uh, and again, yeah, this this is obviously a huge topic we could spend all day unpacking and we're trying to do the UWN show. So it's my fault for even trying to make you guys cliff notes your uh, detailed thoughts on this. But uh, excellent work, though. You guys you guys nailed it. Um, all right. So, uh, well, here we go. Let's let's talk about this next matchup. It was a bonus matchup just came in out of nowhere. You could tell from the hot mics. Uh, there at the end that uh, Todd Kennelly and Alyssa Marino and folks were, were saying, I, I don't even think they were aware of it. They said, good job adjusting on the spot. I heard them saying that, like with the bonus match. I don't know. Whereas in episode one, they were short on time. Maybe in this one, they were going a little short. And uh, so you had uh, Jack Cartwright and Robert Baines come out. And uh, listen, I don't, who's who's going to be the bad guy? I want to do it. I want to be the bad guy. I'm, oh, yeah, right. the heel. I'm the guy that insulted the gentleman Jervis on, you know, on here. And, and I apologize. And I'm going to give, I'm going to be more open-minded about that, but come on, man. I mean, this is, this was not, this is not the place for this. It's not the place for it. First of all, we got a guy out there doing triple endings and doing and combining with, and no doubt, no doubt his athleticism, no doubt. I couldn't get beyond the, 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 the the patent leather black tights and the and the tilt of whirls and whatnot. And then we had the doggone <laughs> the shockmaster come out. Heck, I mean, I, I I mean, let's just say it, man. We had the cockmaster come out <laughs> looking like a a guy out of the freaking worst S and M shop in, in in the world coming in a, a it was just atrocious, man. It was it was a joke. I mean, the best thing that I can say about this and that, now I'm gonna let you tell the the manscape. I'm gonna let you segue into that. But uh, uh, I, I would say, I'd say the redeeming quality about this is that uh, Cartwright was very athletic. He had he did things in that ring that I could never do. So I'm not here to insult him. I did not like the freaking Bane gimmick. I think it was silly. I think it obviously evoked Shockmaster memories, which all of us for for all of us who are in it, man, it's like it, that, that's a freaking punchline. So you're setting yourself up for criticism. There's no need for that. I mean, if you, you you're obviously a big dude, you've got some power. It was just it was silly. It's it has no place on a on a on a show showcasing Trevor Murdoch and Allison K. We said the same thing last week. There might be a place for that, and there is a place for that. The world is big enough, but we're trying to celebrate and enjoy prize fight wrestling, and that was not it. It was weird, man. Uh, you know. You're not the only one who thought that. I mean, I, I think that was my first thought. And we, we run a Discord. Uh, you guys can join for, for wrestling discussion. And it immediately, as soon as he walks out, Shockmaster was boom, 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 Shockmaster. Just everywhere. Like, I saw it on Twitter. I saw it everywhere. I don't know how you don't think that's what you're going to get when you when – you, 
when you're dressed that way. And uh, obviously, he's going to get the Vader comparison. I can see that too. Uh, and, I, and I suppose that's the one you'd want more. But the, uh, I don't know, man. I wasn't feeling this one. Uh, what Rob was referencing, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, I can't say who we did receive uh, a message at some point during the show to us to uh, say that uh, clearly this gentleman was not sponsored by manscape.com, but we are. And if you want to take care of yourself, uh, go to manscape.com right now and using code NWA pod, you can get 20% off and free shipping manscape.com. The uh, manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months developing the best ball hair trimmer around. And I'm sure it would shave your back or any of the places that there were hair. Uh, for this gentleman. No, I'm, I'm not going to body shame the guy. Uh, actually, the thing I was going to say about him, uh, Harry's just a thing, because I love me some George Animal still, but uh, the he he was obviously serious in the ring. Like, I mean, his approach to it was serious, it felt like. So it it, it was a little confusing to me, too. It just it felt like, just, just being honest, it felt like just uh, mishandled... Man, you're it's so right. Tire. Oh, right. I mean, the, the, they could obviously, they could obviously perform. It's like he's he somehow somebody sold him on this gimmick, and that's all anybody's talking about. They're not talking about what happened in the ring, other than the tilt the worlds and the whirly birds and the 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 Scandinavian two toe gradunzas and all that work that were thrown in there. They're talking about the freaking mask. It was just ridiculous, man. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Will, you're you're awfully silent over there, and I know we've been going off, so it's your turn. Tell us what you thought. If it was match of the night for you, don't hold back. We pass no judgment. Everybody's entitled to what they like. (laughs) Uh, No, no. I I just like in situations like this to sit back and and let Rob tell it, because he just tells (laughs) it so good. So, (laughs) Well, I just like it. I just like it because eventually – the world's going to go back to normal and we're all going to be in places with all of these people at some point. And I like knowing that they're going to go after Rob first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so is, that it? is that all, <laughs> that all you had? Will? No, he's got, no, he's got more. Go ahead, Rob. Oh. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm going to let it rest there. I don't want to dig it. I'm probably going to lose my job tomorrow. <laughs> but, That's what happens. Yeah. Why? Because you said Scandinavian two-toed Kredunza? No, because I said Cockmaster. Is that that frowned upon? I think Of course, all my kids are in bed now, so they should be watching the show anyway. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Okay, well, there it is. Um, You know, at at Cockmaster on Twitter. (laughs) Good. <laughs> I'm sure that's already taken. <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. Um, all right. So the the match of the night, the reason we're all here, uh, of course, we got to talk about Trevor Murdoch versus Aaron Stevens for the NWA National Championship. Some great buildup for this one. We've been waiting for this one for a long time. It was supposed to take place at the 2019 Crockett Cup. Of course, that could not happen. Wait, 2020 Crockett? When was that? I don't even remember anymore. And the Crockett Cup. The last 20, one, twenty twenty. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. 
So uh, we didn't get that match then, but we got it now. And uh, to me, it lived up to the hype. It was everything I thought these two guys would have. And it was everything I wanted Aaron Stevens to do, first of all. I just want to give that man all the props in the world. Uh, you're dressed just like him, so uh, just trying to put myself over with you too, Rob. But uh, it just uh, – I don't know. It was a wild battle. Went outside a little bit. Stevens just getting tossed around by Trevor Murdoch, which is what you expect. Uh, but then it eventually gets to that point that uh, we get to see a side of Stevens we haven't really seen before. He gets uh, thrown into the wall, and he's laying there. Trevor goes to get him, but Stevens blinds him with the light and kicks him in the leg and then kicks him in the balls and then uh, completely switches gears. And the commentary team's right on top of that, telling that story as it's happening. Uh, so I thought this was a, a great uh, maybe not everybody would agree with me. But I thought it was just a great NWA title match and just what you want out of this. Uh, Steven's just beating on Trevor, choking him with the belt, getting that heel heat. The, the referee was a little questionable because he just couldn't tell that that belt was wrapped around Trevor's neck at any point. And even Trevor's leg was under the rope, I noticed, at certain points. And I was like, well, God dang. I mean, even <laughs> his like, leg's under the rope, ref. And uh, so just not trusting the ref. But uh Trevor ends up coming back with a spine buster. Hits a freaking flying body press, this guy. Trevor Murdoch don't look like he'd hit a flying body press. And uh, anyway, uh, Murdoch ends up with a hurt leg. Steven capitalizes. I thought that was for sure going to be the key to victory for Stevens, and he would retain in this one because he just starts working that knee. Uh, but, uh, you know, this besides that being the cool part of him, that he showed a side we never really got to see on power, uh, it just uh, ends up Trevor Murdoch just catching him at one point. He does it really. The move he does is I, the first person I think of when I see this move is Nick Aldis because I've seen him win this like he won it uh, in WA seventy against Cody Rhodes. He got the third pinfall this way. He got Flip Gordon this way, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at hard times. Uh, but Trevor just falls on him, gets that one, two, three, and uh, new national champion. Trevor Murdoch, the Redneck Wrecking Crew, and sells it with a great speech afterwards, too, thanking his kids and for putting up with the shit. He he did it. He's just happy. Looks like he could barely hold in his emotions. Will, you were real quiet this last time around, so uh, how are you feeling getting your first... Uh, uh, I don't know what happened to Rob just now, but... <laughs> I was boycotting this uh, segment. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so, so just to just to make Rob uh, swim in it for a little bit longer, how'd you feel about Trevor Murdoch becoming our new NWA national champion? Um, unexpected for me, um, uh, and I love that. I love that the outcome was unexpected. The finish was unexpected. It was a surprise. I love stuff like that. Um, uh, well, yeah, because this is the it, first title change on UWA, we should say. Too. Well, and that and that's what I was going to say going into tonight. You know, there's two title matches: the the Heritage Tag Team Titles and uh, the NWA National Title. And you know, I had that thought. I was like, man, we are on pay per view number three, and no title changes. We've had a title match every week, an NWA title match every week. Um, and so, you know, as the match went on, I I, I softened up a little. You know, I just kind of assumed that it wouldn't. And maybe I've been programmed from the last two weeks to think that. Um, and so I was very pleased with the outcome, not not only because I love Trevor Murdoch and I think no one deserves it more than him. Um, 
and just his his genuine emotion when he won. I, I mean, I really felt what what he was feeling in the ring. I mean, when the ref went to hand him the belt, held it out with both hands, and he just kind of looked at it almost bewildered. Like, is this real? Is this really mine? You know, I just, I, I really felt that. And I thought that was, you know, such a feel good moment for us as NWA fans. Um, it was a great title change. It was a great, again, like I said, a great finish, a great surprise finish. The match itself, I thought was really well executed. Um, and you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butter Rob up a little bit here. Um, for all the criticisms and all the people out there that say things about uh, Aaron Stevens, question mark, Mongrovian karate and all that, um, you can't watch that match or really any Aaron Stevens match, but particularly the match we just saw tonight and not recognize that Aaron Stevens is a world class professional wrestler. Um, and, and, you know, he, he further validated himself uh, to me and, and I think all of us tonight. Um, and, you know, having uh, dropping the belt to to Trevor Murdoch is is nothing to hang your head about. That dude's a slobber knocker. He's a fighter, um, and and it was a well fought match. Um, I I like the outcome, and I, I was happy with with the NWA match that we got tonight. Yeah, um, Rob. Before I throw it to you, I just want to establish. I too thought the world of Aaron Stevens. I made that little video on our tweet. That I put out on our Instagram. Uh, I wanted to highlight some of the more serious side of Aaron Stevens that we got to see as we were going into uh, Crockett Cup because I saw this different side of him and I wanted to see him show that in the ring. And I'm glad they still followed up on that. He did it in this match. Like he was vicious. Like he was, he acted like he wanted to win that belt and, or keep the belt. And it meant something. And that was the stuff I always worried about that you often worry about with like comedy style acts or like when people get too comedic but like will said there's this other side of it that's a uh world-class athlete now i can't build you up that much without tearing you down a little uh if i can make you feel like a heartless bastard if you're still gonna side with aaron stevens i mean what was really cool for me also is trevor literally like a couple of weeks ago had been people like he responded to someone saying like a lot of people have been asking how i'm doing while well, i lost my job to covid uh so and i can't get any bookings and so just make it ends meet i'm just doing what i can just face it forward and keep it moving and all this stuff and to see so it's like that part of him's out there and then this to come around and now he's the nwa national champion so trevor your booking fee just went up you uh you you've got a job and uh and and, and the national title feels like it's got uh, a lot of cool places it could go from here so rob I just had to build you up to let you down so that you could go ahead and take it from here. How, how are you handling, how, how is the nation of Mongrovia handling this loss? Well, I, you know, I'm not going to come in here and cry over spilt milk or make excuses. I'm not going to bring up the fact that uh, Aaron Stevens said that he, you know, had a 101 degree fever going into this. I'm not going to bring up the fact that he had to, he was basically exiled out of country and was obviously jet lagged. I'm not going to bring up the fact that his sensei wasn't here. I'm not going to bring up the fact that Trevor Murdoch obviously tried to use the, uh, the, the world's longest third degree black belt to get, uh, to get uh, Aaron Stevens disqualified. Um, I'm not going to bring up any of those facts uh, here. 
I'm not going to bring up the fact that, you know, I mean, Aaron Stevens has been on hard times too since COVID. I mean, yeah, I mean, I saw Trevor Truck standing before the uh, the image of his burnt down trailer that, that I guess was. <laughs> I'm sure he was real happy that they just like threw that behind him. Yeah, I, I wondered about that. I was like, man, those, like, here, just stand stand in front of this green screen and we'll make it look cool. And then he probably saw like, yes, huh? like ours, he was last week and he was like, Eli Drake got like bright lights and neon and stuff. Real money brothers just that. had cash raining behind them. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch gets the burned out trailer. Like a meth lab just exploded inside of it. It just yeah. I'm not gonna bring up any of those facts that uh the greatest for- national champion of all time. Was basically, no, nah, I'm kidding. And all seriousness, hey, I, was, I didn't know if you were going to try to sell that or not. In all seriousness, man, I, you know, uh, I think the world of Aaron Stevens. I think that uh, I feel very bad uh, that his reign as national champion will be the COVID reign that he didn't get to defend it more often, and that this uh, feud couldn't have been more protracted. And maybe it will be. Maybe we'll see rematches, and maybe Aaron will get another shot because he really is. You know whether whether I'm here wearing a, a a Mongrovian karate gear or not. I mean, we we must if we're going to be honest. We have to acknowledge that Aaron Stevens is a fantastic and a world class competitor. He is. There's no denying it. Trevor Murdoch deserved this championship, and he is someone who is who uh, who needed that break. This is one that's going to elevate him and and it's setting his career in the right motion. And obviously, there's only one place to go from here. And that is to Nick Aldis. That's it. So this instantly raises him to main event status. You're right. His booking fee has increased. He now has a job. You know, although that 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 time of hardship is behind him now, and uh, you know it couldn't happen to a better guy. My hats off to him. All the respect in the world. I was rooting for my guy, the shooter, Aaron Stevens tonight. But uh, there, you cannot, um, you can't fault a man for going out there and, and putting on winning and I congratulate him on behalf of myself and the Mongrovian people. <laughs> I'm not Mongrovian. Uh, just I took my I earned my third degree through the correspondence program that they had and uh, you know it's a rigorous one month program. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know for the cassette tapes and all that. But uh, it, uh, but now Trevor Murdoch man well deserved. I mean I think he he's one of the most beloved he's up there with with uh, when you talk about beloved personalities, he's up there with Thunder Rosa right now as being just beloved by the NWA community. And and it's not because of anything flashy or flamboyant. I mean, it's because he just grinds it out. I mean, he people identify with him. He makes no bones about being a blue-collar guy. He's got that Dick Murdoch, Dusty Rhodes appeal, obviously trained by Harley Race. He's just a tough guy, a brawler. Um, and uh, everybody wants to see a guy like that succeed, and he did tonight, so I applaud him. I'll be the first to to, to shake his hand and, and congratulate him on on this championship. So, I think that's one of my big takeaways from this one, too. One thing I really loved about it. Uh, you know, I, I get the appeal of having heel champions a lot of times, and it seems like I guess all of our champions, well, depending on how you feel about Zicky Dice, uh, all of our champions in the NWA are faces right now. Um, as far as that goes, um, you know, to, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to ex- say. I, I I just I guess what I'm thinking is is I, I was trying to like look at the lay of the land as it is right now. And as far as those singles titles go, I think that we're at a really good spot in the NWA that you have a guy like Nick Aldis as the world's heavyweight champion, this distinguished elite professional wrestler 
like holding the world's title. And then Trevor Murdoch as the working man's champ, like that, that guy is the national champion. And I think it's going to bring like a new light uh, to that title. And, uh, and obviously like Aaron Stevens could do that, but Aaron Stevens, you know, not to speak too much about behind the scenes, I guess, but a lot of people know that he's doing a lot of booking work and championship wrestling from Hollywood right now. And so that I'm sure that leads into UWN stuff. So he's got other stuff going on in his life. Uh, so Trevor Murdoch, I feel like can, can lend something to the national title that maybe it hasn't had in the last little while. And then of course, Thunder Rosa is like the hardest working professional wrestler in the business, I think right now. So, uh, you know, just those three alone, you're like, all right, the NWA say what you will about you want power back or wherever it should be or could be that they're in a good spot with their core base of wrestlers. I think like they've got some really solid talent there and, uh, can keep it, can keep it alive for sure. Um, Got a little preview for next week. Uh, I missed Max Casters facing someone. I apologize. I totally missed that matchup. And uh, so somebody can probably correct us in the chat. Levi Shapiro versus Brian Idle. And uh, what I assume is the main event. It was really the last thing they mentioned. Uh, Zicky Dice is back. Zicky Dice, the TV champion, will be back with a mystery partner taking on Pope and Watts. So Pope jumping back in the ring. Team it up with Watts. We're getting Watts uh, crossing over with a lot of NWA talent here, so that's going to be interesting. And uh, Zicky Dice, who knows? Who knows who that mystery person is going to be? Um, guys, we're going to take uh, – probably got about 15 here we can give before everybody goes to bed. So if you got stuff you want to talk about in the chat, questions, answers, whatever, topics, let's bring them up. Let's discuss them. And uh, we'll start throwing to you guys just to see what's on your mind. And uh, I'll scroll back up a little bit, but if I miss you, uh, just uh, repeat it. Rob's gone. <laughs> Wrestling with the MMA wants to know how did Stinson get cassettes for his correspondence course they gave me recording tubes. <laughs> so that's a good question. Uh, Unfortunately, Rob is gone. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I see the discussion about the heels and faces thing. I brought that up before realizing, like, well, we're getting into dicey territory. No no offense. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, Dice is a heel, as Roscoe points out. Uh, but also Murdoch, Murdoch, Storm, and Drake are faces. Uh, yeah, I, I think I... <laughs> wrestling with the other is like, oh, this is not a face. Yeah, I, I said that, and then I was realizing it as I was saying, so I got... Throw off, it's not all faces. Uh, they they got a good mix here. Uh, Derek saying Murdoch would make a good heel as well as a face. Yeah, Mur Murdoch notoriously has been a heel for most of his career. I think he's just he's just too darn lovable now. Hey, uh, hey, Gary! Before before we forget, I did want to plug. Um, I, I see Brian Rosa asking about women's matches next week. I did want to plug. The, uh, the next uh, Mission Pro event, which was originally scheduled for October 30th, but has been moved to November 6th. This is another historic event. It is the Tournament Out of Hell. This will be uh, the crowning of the first ever Mission Pro champion. And yours truly will be there. <laughs> Tickets purchased, flight booked, hotel booked. I'm going to be there representing the podcast. Uh, wouldn't want to miss this. And uh, But anyway... 
just so you know, we had that had been advertised as an October 30th event, but that has been changed to November 6th. If you guys can get out there, it's not. I mean, it's very, you know, it, it's very worth it if you can if you can, you know, find the resources to get out there and find the time. Probably time is probably a bigger deal for a lot of you, but um, I can't wait to be back there in Buda, Texas, at, at Pinball's Kingdom and uh, seeing some of the great wrestling in the world there at uh, at Mission Pro. Agreed. Uh, Brendan saying, ultimately, face heel alive, and it's less important to me than of the champs or if the champs are believable, all of the NWA champs are. Yeah. Uh, totally agree with that. Uh, I think that's ultimately you just condensed everything I was trying to say into a nice uh, couple of sentences there. So thank you, Brandon. Uh, yeah. Brian Rossi, you mentioned uh, looking for the women's match next week. Yeah. Nothing announced, but they've been pretty good about like, you know, s- s- peppering some things out over time uh, to leading into next week. So I, I assume we'll probably see something. Uh, do you think NWA and MLW could have done good crossovers? I mean, I think NWA could do crossovers with anybody, I suppose. So I don't see why not. Right? Yeah. I mean, technically, it's happening right now, right? Like Hammerstone's uh, an MLW champion. And I, for A, love taking any time I can to talk about Hammerstone. And B, uh, he's been at UWN along with the NWA. So there that, you go. Of the NWA, I mean, you you have to remember that, and we can't pound that in enough. The, the nature of the NWA is to do cross promotional stuff. They always have, even before the pandemic. I mean, Nick Aldis was was engaged in a really what would, what was going to be, and probably will resume uh, to be an epic feud with with uh, uh, Marty Skrull, and he was going in a rating Ring of Honor events. Now you've got uh, Thunder Rosa headlining the Mission Pro event. I mean, the nature of the NWA is to do crossover stuff. It's it's what we call it. I was so proud. I hope James Lawrence is still in the chat because I, I we witnessed a, a, a debate that he was in and we didn't involve ourselves in it ourselves because it was fun to see some of some of the NWA fam, you know, out there slugging it out on, you know, on behalf of the NWA. But but James Lawrence mentioned the point that we make often, and that is the NWA is what we call a meta promotion. You know, you got physics and then you have metaphysics. Um, you got an analysis, then you have a meta analysis, something that's over that. And the NWA is not like any other promotion in the world. It is by its very nature since its inception, even before 1948, it has been the promotion that will cross state lines, international lines, continental lines, promotional lines. It does not matter. Whoever holds the Burke or the 10 pounds of gold is the real world champion. And obviously, whatever promotion you're going to want to be in, regardless of what rinky-dink title you hold, that's the one you want. And the proof is that guess where the original 10 pounds of gold is hanging at right now? Just guess. It's hanging in the headquarters of the WWE. That's how much they respect it. So. Brendan say Bloodsport's going to be fun for fans of women's wrestling. We've been talking about uh, Bloodsport, Brendan, on uh, I think on Sunday we talked about it a good bit, and uh, yeah, wait, I, I'm definitely excited to see that one. I, I'd really like to to get a hold of that one this year. Yeah, he mentions Allison K and Lindsay Snow are going to be there. I am petitioning that they just make them fight each other. That's really the way to go. I think uh, wrestling MMA thinks uh, Aldis and Dice would be an interesting matchup. You're not kidding, buddy. That. <laughs> that it would be. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, 
Max Caster is facing Dirty Dickinson next week. So that's who it was. So thank you, Scooby, for that. Appreciate that. Um, uh, let's see here. Hammerstone versus Aldis. Who you got? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> that's to you, Gary. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, Will, stuff, I, I have to, I have to speak for Will. We got Aldis on that one <laughs> because, well, listen, if I, I rep the NWA first and foremost. That's whose shirt I have on right now. So I'm gonna. I'll lean over to Aldis, but I, I feel like it's one of those fights where, like, the first second they go in for a lockup, like, right when they do it, like, like literal windows will shatter and there'll be a crack <laughs> in the middle of the ring. And so they might have to just call the match. So that's probably what would happen. Uh, or you would just I, pass out and then you'd miss the whole match. I just miss it. I think you three on the NWA pod should do a Hot Wings challenge. That would be funny. There's a video for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would not fare well in that one. You could have tuned in on Sunday show that I I don't <laughs> know what Sunday show was, but yeah, Rob Rob was eating hot wings the whole time, so could have <laughs> caught that. Oh my gosh, man. I, we, my we, 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 I didn't even <laughs> try to upload that one to the podcast feed, uh if anybody was wondering, because I was just like I don't. I don't even know what to do with this. Like, it's, I'm just yeah. We, 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 up here. We, got, we got we got three or four minutes with Luke Gallows. We got the we got uh Dave. Where Pinsler. does that happen? <laughs> on the, the on the Facebook live stream. You talking about the, the no, live? No, it's like not on the show I was on. Unless yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were talking about my live stream before the Eaton Greek. That's no, definitely that was when you were still sober. You need to upload that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, I, I didn't know if we were going to mention Sunday night, but uh, we uh, apologies again to everyone who uh, was there with us. We just kind of chalked that one up as a loss, and we move on. And look, know, man, if you can it, have, if much, it can happen to Dave Marquez, it I heard can good, much I heard, like Aaron, I heard good things for people that they enjoyed the, how spontaneous it was. But uh, I think it was like a you had to be there kind of thing. Man, I got sure. I got the video from the live stream before, man, too, that, that, that really I think is, is a gem. Uh, not because it's me, but because, you know, it's uh, we get Dave Penzer in there, like giving his uh, his thoughts on all this and Penderosa, which we're all positive and, and, and right what, what we would think somebody who's a, who's a living legend would think. But it was good to just see him and, and just to be that close to him, share a chicken wing with him and, and talk about Nick Aldis and, and Thunder Rosa. That was pretty cool. And then, of course, Luke Gallows chiming in and a couple other people. Uh, but, yeah, I I, enjoy, I, thought, I thought Sunday night was fun. That and and the show afterwards. Regardless of the Brian Rose, Brian Rose said we should get Marty Bell or Ashley Vox next week. That would be fun to see. Uh, or maybe Lindsey Snow. You know, Rob yeah. would yeah. Rob would order the pay-per-view like three times. Heck, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Lindsey Snow and Jack Stane both announced for SWE Fury. I think I saw that. Um, I don't like this comment. I mean, I do and I don't. Even after Thunder Rosa leaves the NWA, I'll keep watching. This is the NWA podcast. It's from Brian Rosa. Brian, you toyed with my heart, man. What are you doing? I mean, uh, we'll just we'll just have to do a This is the Thunder Rosa podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't... <laughs> I don't imagine we wouldn't uh, keep covering whatever she's doing. So I don't think that would be an issue. Yeah. 
What night is the three-hour Hammerstone tribute show? Maybe next Sunday, depending on how much I drink. Every, every night, if you're uh, <laughs> yeah, every like night, every if you're Gary's <laughs> wife. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, so clever, man. <laughs> hey, good, boy. Oh, good. <laughs> oh man, we got a few more minutes here. Roscoe's asking, should Trevor Murdoch be number one contender for the world title shot? I would say, I mean, I can't speak for Doc, but if I was Doc Stinson, I would say uh he is the number one contender for the world title shot. So it's not even really a question. Right. Uh, Remember it's, it's already contend- happened. Yes, contendership. When we talk about contendership, it's not a subjective matter of like your opinion of a, a contendership is a position that you earn and it's and it just so happens that in nwa historically one of two titles dictated that position it was either the national title or the u.s title we don't have the u.s title anymore the national championship makes you the number one contender so yes trevor murrow now when the sun rises tomorrow he should be setting his sights on two people one granting aaron stevens his well-deserved Entitled rematch. <laughs> and then after that, after getting that business out of the way, if he were to survive that, uh, then he needs to focus on gearing up and preparing himself to the challenge of his life. And that is to challenge for that 10 pounds of gold. Otherwise, why are you in business? I think it would be uh, appropriate for, um, for Aaron Stevens for the rematch to, uh, you know, talk about his injuries and things like that. And because of that, he's going to have his stunt double uh, actually fight the match for him, which of course would be Dr. Rob Stinson. And so it would be you and Trevor Murdoch. And that's what I would pay to see. I, I would love to have that on the YouTube channel. Just I'd love to make all the gifts of that match and everything just of every time Trevor Murdoch through. When he, was, when he was cutting his uh, backstage promo and he had his back turned, you know, I thought to myself, I haven't, I haven't talked to Rob all day today. I'm not sure if he's out of town. I don't know. And then he turned around. I was like, okay, it's, it's really him. So you just never know. <laughs> oh, man. Brendan, you got a good question there about who Aldous and Rosa should eventually drop the titles to. Uh, that's a question we run through all the time. I mean, that's a tough one. Uh, there's, there's lots of lots of contenders out there. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know right offhand who like just really stands out as the people. Uh, obviously to me for Thunder Rose, if I gun ahead, I'd go like Allison K. You just trade it back with Allison K or Lindsay Snow maybe or something like that would be an interesting choice. But uh, um, as far as Aldous, Hammerstone, duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you guys have anybody that stands out for you for that? Um, go ahead, Will. Brock Lesnar. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody. There's nobody right now. I mean, you know, Mike Bennett. And uh, I don't mean this disrespectfully. That was a long shot, but it was it was built up really well and it was believable. Uh, as of right now, there's not anybody in the picture that I could see as a genuine threat to the the real world's champ. Yeah. Uh, as far as Thunder Rosa goes, that's tough, man. I mean, you, yeah, there there's so many talented women out there that that we haven't even tapped yet. I mean, 
we've seen Lindsey Snow, we've seen Priscilla Kelly. Both of those could be in the picture. I think they should be in the picture. Allison Kay obviously is in the discussion. And then there's, you know, then there's the talent out there that we haven't even really, that we're not even considering like a big swole or, you know, a La Rosa Negra or somebody like that. Um, you know, um, gosh, it's tough, man. I, I don't see anybody currently other than Allison Kay that, that strikes me as someone that's, that's, I just don't know about her, man. That, 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 top, that, scene is way too crowded at the top and uh, and that's not a bad thing it just means that it's we're living in a very vibrant period in women's wrestling um as far as aldous goes um i don't think that that the book has been closed on mike bennett i think mike bennett's there and i think he's still hungry and i think we saw the respect um after the match and aldous saying that you know you know he him giving the acknowledgement after the match was over i think that uh you know, you got Eli Drake in there, uh, who who's obviously held uh, you know world caliber championships before, and certainly could be in that mix. Could slide in very easily. I don't see anybody beating Nick Aldis for a long time. But if you if I, if if someone were to force me and say who the next champion would be, who's going to be the one that's going to get the win? It'd have to be probably for me. I'd have to say Mike Bennett. Interesting choice. Um, so not Orange Cassidy has been that has been brought up in the chat. <laughs> Orange Cassidy is over talented, man. But let's be real; he's a little guy. He's little, he's about my size, and I, you know, I don't see. I don't know. No, no, Orange Cassidy is not going to be taking the belt from Nick Aldis or anybody of his stature or size or any. It's going to be somebody like Mike Bennett or Eli Drake, if if it ever happens, and it may not ever happen in our lifetime. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. We've had a great time talking to you all and a great time running back through UWN Primetime Live, enjoying episode three of the show. Uh, Hope you guys also dug it. Let us know what you thought in the comments here on this uh, YouTube video. Hit like, subscribe, all of those things. Let us know on Twitter, Instagram. We're at the NWA pod on all of the places. And most importantly, let the people you saw tonight know what you thought about them. Only if it's good. Don't be dicks. Just, uh, you know, like tell Alyssa Marino that you enjoyed her work. Tell, uh, tell uh, I don't know, tell Trevor Murdoch, congratulations for winning the national championship. Tell Todd Kennelly, he's a great commentator. Tell David Marquez, thanks for the show. Tell Hammerstone that you love him. He loves hearing that. You got to make sure <laughs> to tell him. Um, Will, where can people find you online? Uh, at Hey It's Will, um, everywhere except TikTok. At TikTok, I am at HeyIt'sWill.com. And uh, I will p- also plug our TikTok channel, at the NWA Pod. Um, Rob and I have been working together to put out some really good historical content. So if you like throwback wrestling stuff, NWA-related, um, go follow us on there. Um, we're going to be putting out a lot more of that kind of stuff and, and probably throwing in some clips of some old promos and stuff like that. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. So come follow us over there. Robert. <laughs> oh, am I in trouble? I am at, this is Dr. Stinson on all of my social medias. I'm talking about on the snack shack, on this, whatever this is, what is this called? This is called restring, restring. Um, I'm on, I'm on uh, 
this on. I guess we have Zoom. Are we on Zoom? Yeah, we. Yeah, all the. You can find me on Zoom. On Instagram, Twitter, all of it, man. MySpace, whatever. I'm on. I'm at this is Doctor Stinson on Monrovia Facebook. Rob, I want you to start telling. Uh, I want you to just really embrace the old guy thing and start uh, spelling out the uh, the website addresses for all these. You can find me on uh, on Twitter at h h t t p s slash www period Twitter period period number sign number number sign nwa fam. <laughs> oh my god all right well i'm at this is gary horde on all of the thing uh things uh as always guys we we are grateful for every single one of you who joins us on this live chat stuff and you hang out and you talk with us and uh we love talking about wrestling and especially with the hashtag nwa fam and uh it's it, we've got the best community in wrestling i think and uh we look forward to talking to you guys on sunday night We'll be live again and, of course, covering UWN Primetime Live, episode number four next week. But until then, everyone, please enjoy your gravy cake.